Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit TyPower.com.au now. The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Excellent job. Welcome wherever you're listening, right across Australia on SEN. This is the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. My name is Nim Sizor, joined as always by Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Boys, how are we travelling? Oh, g'day squad. It's all happening tonight. It's actually all happening this week, isn't it? There's oh, been plenty going on. Big week. It is big. Formula One was good, wasn't it? We'll get to that a little bit later. But wasn't that, wasn't <laughs> I that a great Formula One race? To hell with Formula One. We want to talk about the big, big news that has been happening in the world of motorsport. And we got to get to our feature interview. We do that thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional choice. But before we get to our first guest, we got to give him a proper intro. Scott Pye, 2012 Homebush, last win in Super 2 for Triple Eight. But now it's Brock Feeney. The pressure that Feeney's under at the moment, the way he's got to perform with that pressure and that expectation on his shoulders for such a young guy, the job that he's doing right now is seriously impressive to watch. He's the youngest in the field here today in Super 2, and he has also, more importantly, been the quickest. He'll take the perfect 300 points, and he takes another step forward to taking genuine cup seat next year. Sublime effort, Brock Feeney. Yeah, it certainly was the Bulls on parade yesterday at Surfers Paradise, but he is the man of the moment. Please welcome back to the driver's seat for the first time since he won the Super 3 Championship, the one and only Brock Feeney. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Brock, you know, the funniest thing, I was just thinking there, Nimsy, when you said uh, for the first time since Super 3, I reckon the voice has actually changed in between Super 3 and your <laughs> announcement now. You you are so young and you're still young now. And uh, congratulations, mate. Announced during the week, probably the worst kept secret in motorsport for the last six months, but finally announced as Jamie Wincup's replacement for next season in Triple Eight, mate. What a, uh, what a privilege. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, to be honest, this last month for me has been pretty hard to believe. And yesterday, it sort of all became real. So I sort of found out about a month ago that, that I'd be replacing Jamie um, 100%. So I've been trying to keep it under wraps has been pretty hard. But, to, you know, <laughs> get out in front of the press yesterday was just awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's so good to let it all out. Have you, Mate, have you been smashed by... Basically everybody going. Have you got the seat? Have you got the seat? Like, give us give us a bit of a bit of an insight into what the last month's been like for you. Uh, to be honest, 
about four weeks ago when I found out, it was like a dull point because I think everyone had been hammering me for the first six months of the year. And at, I didn't know at the time, but, you know, I knew I was obviously trying to get for it. And I kept using the same answer and the same answer. So they all sort of went quiet. And then when Jamie came out and said that they'd be announcing it at the end of August, then everyone's like, oh, so you've signed the deal, have you? Um, so the last few weeks have been quite difficult trying to keep it under wraps. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's, it's so good to get it out. Uh, Brock, we're, we're a, a show that goes around Australia. Um, we have a lot of people listening and a lot of them interact with the show by sending in text messages. And you wouldn't believe it, straight off the bat, we've had Joe uh, text us in. He says, hi, boys. I'm a big Holden and Red Bull racing fan. But can you tell me who the heck is Brock Feeney and is he good enough to drive for this team? <laughs> So you should ask Roland Dane. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. And I, and I guess the add-on to that, and thanks, Joe, for sending that text in, I guess the add-on to that, mate, is what does a successful year look like for you next year? Because it's a fantastic seat. It's one of the, the if not the most competitive seat in uh, supercars. You're following the greatest driver of all time in supercars by stats and wins and, and by so many other stats. Um what does a good year look like for you next year? Are there performance clauses? What do you have to do next year to be satisfied at the end of 21, uh, 22? Um, to be honest, it's a little bit hard to put an expectation on at the moment. I'm looking forward to Bathurst, which will be my first hit out as a main driver against the other, the other main game drives, which will be really good for me to get a little bit of a warm-up, I suppose, for next year. But the biggest thing for me next year, obviously, in my rookie season, is obviously just learning as much as I can and trying to have a consistent year. I, I know there's going to be plenty of, you know, ups and downs and, you know, the first year is probably always the toughest because there's so much to learn. But I've got a great team around me to help me, you know, get some good results. And at the end of the day, the team goes away to go win races. I'm fortunate enough that I've got Shane as my teammate as well. So, uh, yeah, the thing doesn't change for the team. They're still going away to win and we won't stop till we get there eventually. It's, it's so hard, though, at the moment. Um, I've still got a Super 2 championship left to go and Bathurst 1000 as well. So there's still a lot to go on before we get to 2022. Mate, uh, I think everybody sort of – well, everybody didn't really know. Like, we were talking about it, and you were you were stumped last week, Matty, weren't you? You were, you were like, well, you know, I would have thought I haven't heard you – know, there's always a rumour that pops out or, or something, leak, that, yeah. something that leaks. Yep. And nothing, and you were like – I honestly don't know. I, I don't know no, what's we, going we on. Know. And we speculated about all internationals and stuff. But I gave a bit of an insight, Manny, last week. Do you remember what I said last week? I knew. And I was thinking about this as I was driving in tonight. I know exactly where well, you're going. Let's have, a, let's have a listen, Nimsy. Jet was racing on the weekend up at Queensland Raceway. Roland Dane was up there racing in mm-hmm. Jessica Dane's Hyundai XL. Who, who was up there racing as well was Brock Feeney. But I can tell you what. The hugs and the chemistry and the just watching Roland with Brock over the weekend. Right. I kept a bit of a close eye on it. Ah! I think there might be a little bit of be more of sunshine. There's a little bit of something there behind yeah, the right. scenes. So well, I reckon I, that's 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 the that's the ticket. There you go. <laughs> Look at you go, hey? Stevie Scoop. Little Stevie spy on the weekend while you're racing a Hyundai, Brock. All over it, Stevie. Picked it, mate. <laughs> I think the um, thing was though, everyone thought like I reckon everyone was like 99% it was me but because nothing had come out there was still that like doubt in their mind yeah we, was, look, we were like, we yeah, were incredibly it, impressed does he yeah we were re- we were incredibly impressed with what 
you know, Red Bull, Supercar, Triple Eight, everyone, the way Even they kept the lid on Peter it. Even us talking to Peter about absolutely, it. Absolutely. Kept, kept the absolute lid on it um, and didn't let it leak out, which is super unusual for supercars because normally you can – I've got a little segment coming up a little bit later on. I'll be able to tell, talk to you about um, with an exclusive there because things do get leaked out. But this one was tight as a drum. And I guess from – from the audience point of view, Brock, tell, I mean, tell them who you are, where you've come from, what your earliest memory was of racing, because, mate, this is an extraordinary graduation, an extraordinary opportunity, and one that... At Brock's age, at, too. At Brock's age, but but also that kids left, right and centre, everyone that's ever pulled on a helmet dreams of. Yeah, 100%. To be honest, that's completely what it is. It's like a dream come true at the moment, but... uh even though I'm 18, a lot of people sort of forget. I've, I literally started racing motorbikes when I was four years old. I was racing. So I've been going away, you know, every second weekend for 14 years, basically. And even though, it's, you know, I'm not racing at the highest of levels, you know, as Stevie would know, when you go go-karting and you're running around the country all the time, it, it gets very serious. So um, I raced bikes for about six years till I was nine. Um, and I switched to four wheels then. So I did go-karts for six years. Uh, and I switched to Toyota 86s in 2018. So it's been a quick rise in cars. It was only three and a half years ago I learned how to drive a manual car. Well, I learned to drive a car in general. Um, so I did the Toyota 86s for a year, won a few races in that, then stepped up to the Super 3s with Paul Morris. We won that first year. And then last year was with Tickford in Super 2, which was cut short. We only did three races and uh, did my Bathurst 1000 debut last year. And... Uh, got poached by Triple Eight to do the Super 2 Championship <laughs> this year. And uh, obviously, lead, we're leading that championship at the moment, which is awesome. And to get the, the, the main prize is the biggest thing uh, for me this year. And, Brock, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because we, we just alluded that we had Peter Adderton on the show just a little while ago. And he was very, you know, you are a, you are a Boost athlete, and he was a uh, Boost mobile athlete. And he was very, very clear coming out in the media and saying that if – if Brock doesn't get the Triple Eight seat, he will still be in Supercars main game next year. I will put him somewhere. So play the devil's advocate for us. If if Rich Uncle Roland didn't put you in the seat, what were your plans? Where would you want to go? I mean, it's all null and void now because you're Jamie's replacement. But where were you looking? Where were you thinking you might end up? Yeah, to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it too much. Um, at the end of the day, I was I'm racing for Triple Eight this year, so my whole focus was at Triple Eight and. I knew from day one that I wanted to be in Jamie's seat. Uh, when Pete put that statement out and said, you know, if he doesn't get the seat, there's a backup. But, you know, that gave me so much, like, reassurance, you know, how good boost is for one. But it also didn't put so much pressure on me. So, uh, yeah, all I wanted, though, was to get into the 88 seat. Like, I was fingers crossed that I didn't have to use the backup, which Pete offered me so generously. Um, but, yeah, the whole goal this year was to just make sure I could get into Jamie's seat. So saying that, are you? is that what you're going to do? Do you know what number you're going to run next year? Will you, will you run the 88 or will you go with a number that you've sort of grown up with through go-karting and and, uh, and the like getting to, to where you, you are now? To be honest, I have not even spoken a single <laughs> word about that to Roland yet. Um, I think from what I've picked up from like interviews and that, he said he'll let me choose but I don't think that'll be like a completely open number. I assume it'll be one of the numbers that the team uses generally. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure what will happen there. I suppose we'll have to wait and see at a later date. (laughs) 
And actually, that was a, a text that we had from one of our great uh, friends in Toowoomba, Big Tommy. G'day, Tommy. Uh, the big question for Brock is, which number is he going to run, the 88 or the 888? So there you go, Tom. We don't know what's going on. And we've actually had uh, another friend of ours from Dolby, um, uh, Ben from Dolby. He said, so excited to see Brock at the 888 seat for next year. I remember watching him on Supercars Life in 2019 and seeing Roland following him then. Not surprised that calculated Roland went with Brock. Calculated Roland. Yeah, a bit of mayo on that text. <laughs> yeah, a bit of mayo. Uh, bring on 22. Uh, bring on 2022. 20, that was Ben from Dolby. And, I mean, speaking of 22, mate, you, it's going to be an interesting year for you to go in there because we're going to have the current car and it, it possibly at some point we may switch to the new Gen 3. That's, that's a heck of a rookie year. If it wasn't hard enough, you're actually going to have potentially a change in car halfway through. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, I'm 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 looking forward to that because then everyone goes back to eleven like eleven playing fields. So I'm obviously well behind in years of driving the current supercar. Um, but I think a new change is you know it's going to be very different for the whole category itself. So uh, all I got to suppose is just focus on one step at a time at the moment. So I'll look to the first race and I suppose we'll wait and see what happens at the end of 2022. And and but but also you've got unfinished business this year, mate. You've still got a Super Two Championship to win. Yep. Um, you're doing very exactly. well on that. So I guess you know it's going to be hard. Not not hard, but you know to to be so excited and looking forward to 2022. But you know you've still got to bring that focus back to completing what you're trying to achieve here this year. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think. This, this week at the moment for celebrating next year. And to be honest, next week we've got a test day for Bathurst in the wildcard car. So uh, this week's sort of the celebration week, get all the media out of the way, and then it's back to present Brock and get back to 2021. So as you said, Stevie, the biggest goal this year was to win the Super 2 championship. And I knew if I could do that, there'd be the chance yep. to step up. So fortunately enough, the signature's already on the paper and <laughs> now it's just about going to try and get the trophy. Actually, did you see the last text that just came in, Matty? I did. It's uh, you'll find this quite funny, Brock. But maybe your co-driver Bathurst won't. Eighty-eight. Is that the age of his Bathurst co-driver? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Russell. Paul, Paul Russell's got a cop it, isn't he? <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's going to be so good. Um, Brock, I want to ask you um, what we've been watching you, of course, this year very, very closely because of the potential of you picking up this seat. You've driven the Honda XL, which you which you win in regularly and consistently. Um, you recently jumped into a GT car as well. You've done Super 3, Super 2, and now you're going into main game. Is there at any point in time now or in the past where you've jumped into these cars and thought, oh, holy heck, this is this is incredible. How fast is this? Are you still, you know, grabbing the tiger by the tail or do you just jump in now and go, this is what I need to do and this is how I need to go fast and I'll just go and do it? tell you what it feels a lot more natural when i jump in a new car now than it did a few years ago so um you know even back from when i started in 2018 i was doing 86s i we ended up buying an xl that year i did a a race in aussie cars so from day one i was trying to do as much as i could basically so because i'm so young uh basically any racing was great but i suppose as I matured over the years and learned a few more things it does become a lot easier i suppose to adapt between cars but the GT experience this year was, was awesome. I hadn't drove anything with proper downforce before. So to go from a supercar to a GT car was a world apart. Uh, but, you know, I, I love that part, you know, just mixing things up all the time. And I think it just helps me improve as a driver as well. And, and look, the, the questions are now coming thick and fast from our audience. 
I reckon one of your mates has texted in. He's got a text message. He's got a text number, a phone number ending in 667. He says, hi, boys. I happen to know Brock, and he's been uh, he's been known to smash a Coca-Cola or two. Is it now Red Bull from here on in, or is that not part of his deal? Are you still allowed to dry, <laughs> drink Coca-Cola, or is it just the bull? Well, I suppose <laughs> I'm supposed to drink. Like, I do drink Red Bull now, for sure. I drink it, well, <laughs> drink it regularly. He gets it for free uh, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's awesome. They just keep coming to the door. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? He's driving the <laughs> best car in supercars with the best team. And the thing that gets the most emotion is, I'm just getting Red Bulls getting delivered to the Red door. Bull. <laughs> uh, it's so cool. There's a stack next to my fridge. So if anyone needs any, <laughs> yell out. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's so good. And, mate, how, how did the family take it? Because, you know, when you get to this level, it's one thing to, to get a Super 3 drive and a Super 2 and a GT and all that sort of stuff. But And it's even one thing, I think, Stevie J, to get a drive in supercars because if you're with a backmarker team, it's kind of, mm. great, that's really good, but we know the road is going to be really hard. How are your family dealing with the fact that you're going in the most sought-after seat in supercars currently? Because that's a big achievement. Yeah, mate, I think they're in nearly as disbelief as I am to be honest it's it's been a big shock to us and you know we knew coming into this season that Jamie was going to retire and someone needed to fill the seat so we always had our fingers crossed that uh, I'll never forget the day that I walked out of that meeting and I called my parents straight away and literally we're nearly in tears on the phone together (laughs) Uh, like so many years of just putting in so much hard work and it's not just the driving part like the sacrifice I don't Stevie, you know what it's like, the sacrifice that you got to put into young bloke going racing, um, the years and years and the money. It's such an expensive sport. So to get to this level um, at my age, it's literally not just for myself, but the whole family. It's like a dream come true for all of us. So, uh, you know, that day just showed the emotion and all the effort that we've put in. It it feels like it's all paid off to get to this point. Um, And sort of now a new chapter begins. You know, it's, and it's, it's, quite close to my heart too because you know I've, I've known Brock for quite a while now I've known you know Paul his dad and his mum Sue and and you know doesn't matter whether we've been go-karting together or whatever you know um, Paul and Sue they're always there they're always doing stuff they're always you know sleep, I've seen them sleep on couches in places wherever they can get to um, to get Brock racing and and now um, you know knowing them as well as I do mate I know your dad he would, he would, he would still be as red as a beetroot because he'd be that happy, and he would not have stopped smiling since uh, since you told him a month ago, I reckon. Exactly. If you know him very well, Stevie, as you do, you'll be. He's been chewing his finger for the past month, as he does everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just can I just clarify on something that you said there, Brock? That you referred that Stevie J knows what you're talking about with the sacrifices of being a supercar driver and that sort of stuff, mate. The only sacrifice Stevie J had to make in the early days is not smashing 25 Big Macs a week. Now that he's in retirement, he's gone straight back to that privilege of 25 yeah, Macs no, a week. No, I can't because I need that money to keep Jet going. See, that's, that's what Brock's exactly. alluding you're dumb. to. You've now started Jet racing. You're, not, you're only going to be able to afford 10 Big Macs a week. Now all I need to do is just stop eating, roll into Brock's place and just pick up a carton of Red Bull every now and then. Absolutely. I'll just live on that. Yeah, Free yeah. Red Bull, keep Jet going. We'll give you the studio address, Brock, and you can send some of the Red Bulls uh, over here. Honestly, Brock, well done, mate. We're all so super proud of you, and I just can't wait to see you finish off this year in Super 2 and get into uh, the main game next year and really show everybody what you're all about because we all – I know, and I just can't wait for you to show everybody else. 
No, thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. So, yeah, just just looking forward to it. And to everyone tuning in that's in lockdown, um, you know, hang strong because it won't be too long and hopefully we'll be going back racing together and hopefully we'll get some fans out there. So looking forward to next year to seeing a few of your faces out there. It should be good fun. Oh, we're very much looking forward to it, Brock. And just a fun fact too, I think you're going to be... I'm going to pull out my uh, V8 sleuth hat here because I think... You've, you're probably one of the only people that's gone from a from driving a Stephen Johnson ex an ex Stephen Johnson Falcon to into a Jamie Wincup Triple Eight seat. So well done there, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much. Geez, there would have been a seat change in that. Let me tell oh, you. Oh, give it a rest, Stevie J. It would have gone right back to a spot. Uh, let me tell you. But uh, Brock, mate, as to, as as uh, Steve said, and, and our texters have said, it's been absolutely mental. Our Facebook has gone nuts. The minute that it was announced, too, and uh, you could even tell when we chatted to Jess Dane last week on the show that there was a bit of a twinkle in the eye that, like, there's some great <clears> stuff. <throat> they were just talking about how excited they are for the future of Triple Eight, and uh, the fact that you're spearheading it is a pretty good sign for our sport. So, uh, congratulations again, mate. Well done. No, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. I'm definitely looking forward to a few years to come. Should be good fun. <laughs> good on you, Brock. Uh, that is Brock Feedy, our feature interview. Thanks to Riker Fielders, Ask Mechanic for Riker Fielders, a professional's choice. What a good get, isn't it, boys? Oh, it's, I mean, it's a great get. And I, again, Steve and I look at it probably from two different – he looks at it from a driver point of view and the mechanics of the driving part of view. I look at it from the commercial point of view in many of – he's not used to doing national broadcast interviews. He's not – he's got to get used to all of that kind of stuff. And how natural was he? And, and the mark of the bloke at this stage, to throw a shout-out to all of our listeners around the country who are in lockdown, saying, stay, you know, stay tough, hang tough, we'll be back. Good kid. Like yeah. really, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward, as I'm sure you are, Stevie J, to next year to just see how he goes, how where yeah. he stacks up. You know, he's, and I think I, I said last week that everyone's going to be tough on him. Like all the drivers, Absolutely. they are going to give him nothing. Yep. In fact, they will be harder on him than they will be on their other counterparts that yep. they've been racing against for years because that's just what you do with a new kid. Particularly maybe some of those drivers that did try and put their hand up to get the uh, yep. that seat and didn't get it, and now the rookie's gone and got it. Yep. So can't wait to watch how it goes. <laughs> it's it's going to be awesome. It is certainly going to be a lot of fun. A big thank you again to Brock Fenny for jumping on board. Uh, a very, very big bit of news uh, there from Triple Eight. So that was our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Text in 0433-981116 if you want to have your say. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Got a bit confused for a second because I've printed my uh, rundown on um, black and white paper and it's back to back. So I've opened it and gone... We're not doing the person update yet, but we will get to that in just a tick. Um, <laughs> right now on the program, it is time for our Bendix Breaks Big Moments. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Breaks Big Moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Breaks. Yeah, Bendix Breaks, Australian technology for all weather confident braking. Put your foot down with confidence. Uh, we're getting a flurry of texts that sort of lead us into our big moment because there is talk and a bit of chatter about another road trip uh, on the cards to keep the series alive. I think there has to be. Mm. I mean, I know I get I get pinned against the wall here for being the pessimist, but I'm also the realist, and I just I just don't know, particularly when we see the news today out of New South Wales that I think they're talking like the 25th or 8th or something of October opening up and obviously late in September for Victoria, and we just can't go that 
long. We can't go that far. And so these teams, the supercar teams in the championship, who can bubble, um, they're about the only motorsport category, Steve, that can bubble, are going to have to go on the road. Now, I, you know, Nimsy, Steve, you can speak more, authoritative, more authoritatively about this because you've been a supercar driver. You just do what you have to do, don't you? If you've got a way to, if you've got to go away from your family for a couple of months to get this championship one and one, you'd do it, wouldn't you? Wouldn't be easy, but you'd do it. You would have to do it. You know, that's, you know, it's, and we did speak about this previously, but supercars is one of the very few, probably the only, well, the only motorsport fraternity in the country that could possibly go into a bubble and finish their championship and run their championship and basically get a result at the end of the year because, you know, ARG won't be able to do that because of the amount of people yep. within that that have other jobs yep. um, and are not professional. I'm not saying they're not professional, no, but it's, 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 it's not semi-pro their... semi-pro kind of thing. It's semi-pro, yep. exactly. So, um, you know, I think that you're right, Manny, that they're going to end up having to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of innuendo and talks you know, and rumours going around about yep. what's going to happen. You know, um, even even to the point with our with our uh, text here, Matty. You know, saying what's you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, with the potential from of Bathurst being moved to December. This is a text that's come in um, from Rob in Brisbane. Thanks, Rob. Um, with the potential of Bathurst being moved to December and the Gold Coast being off the cards, do you think the Southeast Queenslanders are getting the rough end of the stick? without being able to see any races this year close by. Uh, I really hope we can see Bathurst run with spectators this year. Unfortunately, mate, I don't think we are. But um, uh, but I don't want to see Gold Coast be dumped for a second year in a row. Uh, my heart's torn. Just want to go back and watch a race close, whether it is QR or on the coast. I can say I don't think Gold Coast is going to happen, Matty, because no. I think no. that it's too much of a risk to build the track. And then for something to happen halfway through or, th- or when they're just about finished the build and yep. can it, it's too much to to risk. So I think I've got a feeling that QR is going to get something like a double header. That's my feeling, to yep. be able to get the events done that they need to get done to classify it as a championship. I agree. And I think even with the Gold Coast, in addition to what you said, which is a sensational point, um, the Gold Coast race depends on interstate travel from visitors and patrons to come and see it to make it a financially viable event. Um, if you just waited on the locals, it probably wouldn't have the impact that it has. So, look, I think you're right. I think it's on extremely shaky ground. I think you're right with um, with Bathurst. Unfortunately, Rob, mate, uh, and my heart breaks to say this, I don't think there'll be fans there either. But hey, could we could be wrong. I've been I've been told I'm wrong all the time by Mrs. Mack. So could be wrong. Um QR, I think you're right also, Stevie. I think could could easily potentially get a uh get a double header. And of course we could possibly do Phillip Island somehow in Victoria. Winton's looking pretty shaky. I think Seema's already come out and said that. But yeah, right, look it's just a really hard one. I know we could probably go back to Adelaide we could probably go back to to uh, Tail and Bend. Unfortunately, we've already raced there this year, so that's not a preferred option, but it is an option. We won't be going to Malala for all our Adelaide listeners hoping to get around back at Malala. We will not be going back to Malala. I can give you that strong tip. Um, but as we've said now for two years, boys, who knows? Who knows? This thing changes so quickly. I think, who knows? I think one of the most important things too is Bathurst. Bathurst is the one that – and uh, Sean Seam has gone on uh, record – to say this, that they are trying to sort that out and then they'll work backwards from there because 
And unlike the AFL Grand Final, which has moved to Perth, and unlike the NRL Grand Final, which I don't think it's been announced yet, but it's heavily rumoured to go up to Suncorp or even Queensland uh, Country Bank Stadium, um, because you obviously can't have big events in Melbourne and Sydney at the moment. You can't move Bathurst. You can't move Mount Panorama and go, hey, guess what we're going to do? Uh, for no. the 1,000, we're going to have it at no. Darwin. No, and that and that race is sacrosanct. You just can't touch that race. We have to run it, Stevie J. We just have mm-hmm. to run it, and um, and that you know that may very well end up being the the final race of the year, like it was last year. Um, we we have to get it run. It'll only be officials and competitors, Stevie J. They'll all stay at the Ridges Hotel. They'll stay in that bubble. They won't be allowed into town. They'll all have to eat there, which is a sucky experience for everyone. But we got to run it. So uh, I would rather. Rob and everyone that's texting in, I would rather be able to sit and watch it on TV with no crowds than not watch it at all and, and not have it run at all. So, yeah, I think we've still got a long way to travel. Even though we're September now, Stevie and, and Nimsy, we've still got a long way to go. There is one other thing that has to be considered as well. Um, Channel 7, obviously, is the rights holder of supercars at the moment. They are also the rights holder of the cricket season, which starts in December. Now, the first test is the 8th of December, and the second test is the 16th. Now, those two tests are at the Gabba in Brisbane and the Adelaide Oval, so you're going to want to have to find airtime on Channel 7 to fit in the 1,000 as well. And we know what the priorities are. We've just seen it with the Olympics as well. Everything takes priority over over everything when it comes to the big sports. So, yeah, I, look, it's I would hate to be Sean Seymour. I'd hate to be the guys at seven. I'd hate to be the team owners because it's an ever-changing landscape and and uh, you just never know where you're going to be and how they're going to get it done. And the, the thing that always astounds me, Stevie J, it's not just like – we have three umpires and a and a timekeeper and the guy up on the scoreboard. We have to have flag marshals, scrutineers, the amount of people on the periphery of our sport that aren't professionals that we have to try and wrangle in that do a very specific job is unbelievable. And so there's even when you further extrapolate it out, boys, there's even those people who are going, Well, what are we doing? Where are we going? Because a lot of those people those officials take their holidays, mm. take their days in lieu to be able to be part of the circuit. And a lot of them are, are volunteers. Well, they're all volunteers, well, they're all the volunteers. majority of them. Yeah. So, you know, being out, it, it, when you think about it, even from the Bathurst point of view, we have to have those people there and they need to know what's going on as well so that they can plan their lives. So it's, it's a very, very big undertaking and I'd hate to be any of those people at the moment trying to make some decisions. Yeah, even just the, the, the quote-unquote little things that you think of, like just imagine like getting flaggies. Like you can't just, you can't just, yeah, you can't just sort of go, Hey, uh, can we get like, you know, X amount of people out of the town and run you down there? Like you can't go down to the flaggy store and pick up five and just bring them around. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they just, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. So, and, and when you think about how many quarters of Bath Stevie J? Um, 21 or two, 22. And there's got to be pretty well a flaggy at most of those corners, except for some lights across the top. And then you've got scrutineers and then you've got, so on and so. I mean, there's, we're talking hundreds of people that have to mobilise to be able to make that race happen, regardless of fans. And then, and then TV crews and all that. So it's a monster undertaking. And hopefully we will have some kind of answers in the restart of this season at some point. I don't know when that's going to be, though. Yeah, it's um, it's very much up in the air, as is the, the sign of the times. But uh, all you can say at the moment is, if you can, if you're eligible, go out and get the jab. Do your best. That's the that seems to be our way out of it, uh, according to the people in charge. That's but, what the pollies are telling you, mm. absolutely. But uh, look, let us know what you think. Uh, we'd love to hear what you've got to say. Oh four double three ninety eight 
11.16 is the number if you want to text in. That was our Bendix Brakes big moment. You can put your foot down with confidence at Bendix Brakes. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, it is our Burson Auto Parts off-the-track update right here on The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Your texts are coming in thick and fast here on the program. 0433981116 is the number if you'd like to get in touch. And we'll touch that in just a moment. But first, it is time, thanks to Burson Auto Parts, for the off-the-track update. And now, it's the driver's seat off-the-track update. Thanks to Burson Auto Parts. Burson, we know auto parts. Now, just quickly, before we get to this week's, last week we had Jessica Dane on um, as part of our off-the-track update. We got some really great feedback on our Facebook page as well. I'll share a couple of these comments here. This one's from Bernie. Really enjoy the interview with Jess and to hear more about this initiative, talking about the FIA Girls on Track uh, thing that Motorsport Australia is doing along with Burst and Auto Parts that support them. I'd never thought that much about female representation in the sport until a few years ago when my then three-year-old got so excited to see a girl like her brackets oh. Romy on the TV. We chatted about Romy's role and my daughter has followed Jamie ever since because he's on Romy's team. How good is that? <laughs> That's I good. love that. And How good is that? And one from David too. Jessica was very articulate and honest during that interview. As a dad with two daughters, it's fantastic to hear they have such a great person to aspire to. Thank God she's not a chip off the old block. Still love you though, Roland. Just a little tickle, tickle and a slap. Yeah, yeah, there you go. How's that, eh? But yeah, let's um, get to this week's. Yeah, so you know, this is thanks to Burson Auto Parts, and I and I just want to clarify what we're doing here because as we go through the rest of the year and next year, there will be things Stevie J and Nimsy that we hear on the lowdown that we can talk about. Um, we're not connected to any major series here. No one sponsors us. Doesn't matter. We'll just go and do what we want to do. So some of the things we'll say may cause waves. Some of them will just unpack a little bit of the off track sort of stuff that's been going on throughout the week. That's some things that you may not know about, Um, but we will try and cover everything. But tonight, I reckon I've got a bit of a ripper. Mm. I reckon I've got a ripper and it's not rumor and it's not innuendo because I have actually been past information. This is all sort of secret squirrel stuff, but is that, was, is that after a hot curry? You got past it, <laughs> Stephen Johnson. Fair dinkum. Um, we've got some. We've got. I've had. I've had someone contact me who doesn't will not be named. Do not want a name, and that's all great. But there is something coming in twenty twenty three that, quite frankly, I didn't think we would ever see again. Which is, I think, a pity for Stevie J because he had a pretty good time down there. There is a new track Canberra. coming, Canberra. We are expecting to see a new race in supercars in 2023. Not next year, 2023. I've even seen the track. I've seen the track layout. It's around the exhibition building there. And if you're, if you're familiar with Summonats, it's around that Summonats precinct. The, at this stage, the track has got, I think it's 12 or 13 corners. Um, and Stevie J, I think one of the most memorable things about the, I think it was GMC, Canberra 400, of the course, GMC which you won your yep. first run. You yep. you won your first uh, event. Got a drill it, too, didn't you, Steve? The Global yeah. Machinery Company there that you go. lasted about <laughs> four screws and it was <laughs> buggered. Like a few people I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's one of the most memorable things about it, Nimsy, and you can jump on YouTube and have a look at this, is it was bloody cold. Mm. It was held at 
just exactly the wrong time of the year because as much as a race car loves the cold air, that joint was freezing. Even the brass monkeys were looking for somewhere to run. It was super, super, super cold. This one, however, already has the final round of the 2023 season penciled in for, and again, it'll be the Canberra 400. I'm sure they'll go and find a partner for it at some stage. So it'll be called something different. But at this stage, we are looking like in 2023 for the final round, we will have a race around the Canberra streets. And I think that is brilliant. Why? Because we profess, ladies and gentlemen, that we are a national sport. We go to Perth. And Barbagallo, WA. We go to Darwin. We go to Queensland. We go to Sydney. We go to Melbourne. Tassie. We go to Adelaide. We go to Tassie. But we haven't been for nearly, well, coming up 20 years, been to the ACT, Stevie J. And it looks like in 2023, we will go back and we will then be a truly national sport. Well, at least you know it's going to be a little bit better weather at the end of the year than it, it is. It be hot. <laughs> in, the, in the middle when it was. I mean, I remember... Going into uh, the main gate at Canberra um, when we raced there, and or jumping into my car actually in the morning to head to the track, and there was ice on the windscreen that I had to scrape off. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean it's, it was insane. It was the wrong time of year, and it's probably why it only lasted three years. But I, I love the fact that we are now going to be truly national again. Um, it, a lot of questions come out of this, Nimsy, because typically, of course, we see Newcastle as the final race. Will this replace Newcastle? Who knows? If the Newcastle thing doesn't continue, maybe we'll do SMP, Newcastle and Canberra, which means fans in the Sydney Basin area have got three races, four races with Bathurst to attend as well. So we'll have to wait and see what happens in the in the future of that one. But um, as I say, the track, is, uh, the track is designated. I've seen it. It's tight, really long, straight with a little kink in the middle there. Then it sort of turns back right infield a little bit and it zigs and zags. And I'm sure there'll be more uh, details of that to come. But uh, I'm pretty sure Stevie J and Nimsy Boy, that is the first time uh, anyone has mentioned publicly the fact that there is going to be a race back in Canberra in 2023. Well, that'll be uh, interesting to see what happens. And you, you said that you've looked at the track, uh, the, the layout, the proposed layout at least too, Matty. I have. Yeah, yeah. So I've got, um, I mean, they're very professional supercars in the way they do things. And they actually run, I don't know, like a simulation of the track with mm-hmm. a car and sounds and all of that kind of stuff. So I've seen all of that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited about it because it looks like a really, really good track. Probably if you can think of a little bit like the Adelaide 500, you know, not too dissimilar to that with the big long straights and a couple of kinks in the middle, a little bit like turn eight. And that kind of stuff. So um, I think it looks like it's going to be a good track. One of the difficulties difficulties of the last GMC 400 was it was extremely tight. It was run around old Parliament House and new mm. Parliament House. Really tight, really hard to pass. A bit of a car breaker as well. I think that was the, the race where we saw a, a wheel leave that's a right. car and bounce the down the road. Tire. And was Barry Ambrose. Sheen rolled yeah, out the, was, Ambrose that's right. Wheel. And uh, Barry Sheen trotted out the, the line, that's what you call a control tyre because it landed on top of a tyre bundle <laughs> and didn't interfere with the race. So that was fantastic. So, you know, I just think it, it, we're talking expansion of the sport. We're talking about uh, further investment um, into an area and further exposure for our sport, I think, is brilliant. And as I said, we haven't been there, Stevie J, for... Uh, 
for, I don't know, I think it was 2000, 2001, 2003. When did well, you almost. win? 2000, 2001. 2001. 2001. So there you go. So uh, that is a bit of an exclusive this week, Nimsy, on the Burson Auto Parts track, off-track update. Yeah, uh, we do it thanks to Burson Auto Parts, known for first-class knowledge and service. Love to hear your thoughts as well. 0433 a return to Canberra. Uh, because, let's face it, they don't really have many major events, so that'll be something that'll nah. really get people to the town. Summonats, rugby, uh, question time with the pollies. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can have a celebrity race. We'll, hey, we'll, well maybe. <laughs> maybe we can get the pollies out there. Oh, oh how good would that be? That'd, oh, geez, hey? that'd, that'd be interesting. <laughs> um, but, um, that was our off-the-track update for Burson Auto Parts. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. Uh, together? Together. 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 Mm. You, know, you can gather with a uh, Kubota tractor. Certainly sure. Can. One of the many uh, fine things that they can do. But... um. Well, let's quickly get to some text messages because uh, we have let them build up for just a little bit and I don't want to feel like we're ignoring you. We've got a lot to get mm. through on the program today. I don't know if we already read this one out, but this one's from Big J in the sunny coast. So many questions now. Brock is locked in. Who will co-drive with SVG and Brock next year? Will Craig hang up the gloves? Will Tanda end up at DJR or will Jamie be consumed by running the team, leaving Craig and Garth's seats safe? Who do you reckon? Uh, how long is Garth's deal? Is it yearly? I'd be lying if I said I know. Is it year by year, do you reckon? I think that's what Triple would do. Yeah, generally. Typically, yeah. So I don't know. Because they don't know, especially at the end of last year, they wouldn't have known exactly what was going to happen. You know, I guess once Jamie makes his decision. So they they generally have got one hand on their co-drivers that they want, and then if they want to, they – basically put that into action. If they don't want to, they go, okay, go and find a drive somewhere, basically. So, yeah, um, yeah. so it's very hard to tell. And, um, you know, I, I think they would have put some thought into that, but that's still a long way away at the moment. You mm. know, like they've literally just just announced Brock uh, and there's still there's still so much to happen for this year. We don't even know where, we, where they're going to be racing. So um, I think that... You know that's gonna that that'll that'll fall into place. You know, in due course, I think sort of early to mid next year at the latest. So, um, you know, I think we're just gonna have to wait a little while before anything like that's going to be announced, Matty. Uh, lots of feedback, Nimsy and Steve, for our from our interview with uh, Brock Feeney just a little bit earlier. Michael has texted in and said Brock sounds like a measured guy. He's got a big future. Just listening to him, and you're you're 100, Michael. He was fantastic. Um, we got this one from Peter. He said one-eyed Ford DJR man, but how impressive was young Brock? Someone to follow while waiting for Jet to hit the scene. Good on you, Pete. Don't know if that's going to be a little while away yet, but we'll see how we go. Um, we had... Uh... You never know. The last time yeah. you know, we were speaking to Brock and looking at him in Super 3, he was 16 and now he's 18 and well, he's in the main game. True. So yeah, you just true. never know. That's very true. We've got our normal friends from Toowoomba chiming in, boys. We've uh, had little Mac from Toowoomba said it was so good to see Jet fly uh, over the last uh, round of TA2 in Queensland. Steve v. Jet head-to-head. Who wins and why? From Little Max, Steve, if you went up against your boy right now in a Trans Am car, Tri A two car, 
Who would win and why? Oh, mate, yeah, I'd have to let Jet win, wouldn't I? I'd have to let Jet win. <laughs> well, I, it would be very good for his confidence moving forward. I wouldn't want to demoralise him okay. this early in his career. Can I say then, boys, when I do race against Jet, which will hopefully be at the Bathurst International come November, when he flogs me, that's the line I'm going to use too. When, yeah, one, of you, when one of you peanuts says to me, oh, you let the 16-year-old beat you, well, that's going to be, I'm just doing it for his future career <laughs> and his confidence because I don't want him to, an old bloke to beat him. You so. never know though. I mean, you know, Matty, you will know more than a lot of others that haven't raced at Bathurst that it is a place that uh, really rewards um, experience there. Mm. So, you know, I'm not expecting him to set the world on fire at all when he goes there for the first run. I, mean, it's, I know you look at me going, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but Bathurst is a different story to Queensland okay. Raceway. Well, let me tell you, I'm expecting him to light, light the joint up. So we'll just have to <laughs> wait and see. Um, our good friend, boys, Tommy from Toowoomba. Hi, Matty. Did you catch Stevie J on the Parked Up podcast? Our good friends, Tony Delberto and Grant, Grant Rally have, uh, have the Parked Up podcast. You should jump on and have a listen if you haven't heard it. Uh, they spent most of the time talking about Jet, funnily enough. I think we do too. Uh, maybe they should have Jet on instead of Stevie J. Yes. <laughs> and well, he's also mentioned here, no mention of the driver's seat either. Yeah, Stevie I know. J we always plug the parked up guys, yeah, don't we? So good on you, fellas. That's nothing next there. time. Next time, I'll I'll little dig in the ribs. I will. I'll <laughs> say, "Oh, hey, guys, give us a little shout out for the driver, little driver's seat uh, on the parked up podcast." But Funnily um, enough, they but, did. But give I was, us a sorry, Nimsy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, they did. Yeah, a couple of shows or one of their shows yeah. last yeah. year. I think they did. Yeah. But um, but just to answer that question, the reason they didn't have Jet on is because he works for me now, and he had to be at work <laughs> doing work. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> Um, I think one of your old mates from Springwood here in Queensland, or Springhood as we call it here in Queensland, uh, Lee has messaged in. Stevie J says the Bendix breaks big moment. Are you guys talking about Stevie J at the Macca's drive-through window after the show? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a big moment. That's a regular moment. That's a regular moment, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I think we need to Macca's needs to sponsor me for the amount of plugs that I give Macca's. They can't afford it. <clears throat> really? No, there'd be too much food out the door. Well, they'd just give me money instead. Oh, what about <laughs> it'd be cheaper. <laughs> it'd be so much cheaper. It'd be so much cheaper. And Jeff from Hamilton Hill in WA, a regular listener. G'day, Jeff. How are you, mate? Uh, seeing as Gen 3 is going to all two-door racing, uh, has there been – has any team considered Dodge Chargers? Well – I can't say for sure on that one. I don't know. Obviously, in TA2 and Trans Am, that's Dodge Charger um, against uh, Mustang and Camaro. Probably not in supercar world. They're not the most aero-efficient thing in the world, I don't think, and I reckon it'd be hard to try and make one into a supercar. They do what they do at the moment. Stevie J, but have you heard any supercar team nah, talk about Dodge? Not really. No, and that depends on... Can you buy on... a Dodge in Australia anymore? Well, you can buy a Dodge Ram. You can buy a Dodge Ram. Absolutely, you can. But there you can't you buy a Dodge... Anything else outside oh, the Ram product? I don't. You? Well, I don't think. Well, see, when you look at it, they don't actually like they. It's not an official car that they build, say, for right-hand drive and bring them into Australia. It's like the Ford F one fifty. You can't actually get one from Ford. It's got to be from a an importer, an importer who yeah. then converts it here. And I think the, well, the Rams exactly the same as that. So it's not really Dodge themselves don't actually bring these cars. And same with the Chargers and mm-hmm. the Challengers. Um, they're the same. They all get converted here, so they're actually not a car that is destined for Australia from the factory. No, I, don't. I think you're right there. Uh, and, Michael, thank you for texting in. Did they announce this 
week that F1 will be in April next year for Albert Park. We're going to talk about F1 a little bit later on. But as far as I'm aware, Michael, no. I think there was some talk about it's that. Heavily rumoured, but yeah, nothing heavily rumoured in the rumour mill. And of course, the uh, as soon as I get the skinny on that, Michael, I will announce that in the Bursa and Auto Parts segment as an off-track uh, type announcement. And as soon as I know, you will know. No doubt. Indeed. I hope. Fingers <laughs> or, crossed. Or, or someone else will get it first. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll I, got, I got your Canberra race first, so they might have the Grand Prix first. <laughs> but, um, hey, keep your texts coming in. 0433 98 11 16 is the number if you'd like to text in. If you're listening to the driver's seat, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. We've got our race rewind. That is coming up next. This is the driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. You're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Right now, it is time for our race rewind. This is the driver's seat. Race rewind. We do it thanks to Gates Australia. Don't compromise. Choose Gates premium belts, hose and hydraulics. Uh, because, obviously, we had Brock Feeney as our feature interview today, we thought we'd look back at some of the stats of his 2019 Super 3 Championship victory. And he had 15 starts, only one win out of those 15 starts, but 12 podiums and three pole positions. Uh, one at Phillip Island, uh, two at Phillip Island, sorry, and one at Sandown. And a very, very consistent performance there. Uh, and he did it all in an ex-DJR uh, Built by Triple Eight FG Falcon, your old car, yeah. actually, Steve. Cons- there you go. Consistency, boys, isn't it? Yep. You know, you can win a championship, whether it be three, two, or one in supers, or in Trans Am, or TCM, or whatever you race, as long as you're consistent. Because at some days, your competitors will have bad days, and they will fall off the road, or there'll be a mechanical failure, or they'll get caught up in something. And if you can just consistently finish in that, you know, top three to five. Stevie J, you'll you'll walk away with a very strong position, if not win a whole championship. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the hardest thing I think as a young young fella is getting the understanding of of needing to be consistent and and understanding of when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive, and how to put a championship together. And Brock's done that from the start. You know, when when we were chat, chatting to him earlier on, he was uh, initially saying about how he went into eighty sixes. From karting, and yeah. um, let's not forget. And 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 I remember when Brock was racing eighty sixes, and he was in the top five of the championship in his first year, I think at fifteen. Um, and when he got to Bathurst, which I think was the final round, he actually wasn't able to race because That's he was right. fifteen. He's fifteen, which you can't race. He was. In he was. Five days off being 16. That's right. So he couldn't race the last race at Bathurst, but he was in the top five. I think he had a chance of a, possibly a top three finishing in the in the championship. Mm-hmm. So the year after that, he went into Super 3 and, and as we alluded to, cleaned up and, and is now uh, in his second year of Super 2. And, you know, I think odds on favourite to win that championship. One of the things, Nimsy, we know about Brock, and actually, I'm actually surprised that I haven't seen this or that much of written about it and spoken about it in the last few days since his announcement. And I know this is a race rewind, but I did fail to mention this when I was talking to him and I did want to ask him the question, but you know, Stevie J, we talk about Paul Morris. This is another graduate from the Paul Morris school of racing, isn't it? And when you think right now, typically we would go to Barry and Gary Rogers to say, look at the, look at the, 
the entity bringing the young rookies in and having a crack. And obviously since they've been out, even though they still continue with that program with Trans Am and a few other things, from a supercar level, Paul Morris has been outstanding in fostering and Nathan Kayser out there at Norwell in fostering talent. Like, you look at the names, boys. Dee Pasquale, DJR Team Penske, Kostecki, he's in it at Erebus, and now Feeney at Triple Eight. These teams are all, they've all got two cars. They're all in the top 10 teams. And whatever he's doing, if you're a young driver at the moment and you think you want to, you know, stay, make the grade and step up and get a real lesson and a real schooling, um, head out to Paul Morris because uh, he is clearly, <laughs> he's clearly doing something right, Stephen Johnson. And, you know, he's got his son Nash. I was just about to say. Coming through the ranks. You know, young Nash the Flash is coming through. And, and Nash uh, hasn't been doing it for that long either, has he? No, no. Well, he's done. No, he hasn't. He's been roaring around Norwell for a long time. But um, uh, he's done the Hyundai XL thing. Uh, he's done the TA2 Trans Am thing. In fact, I think I was trying to pass him at Bathurst when I crashed earlier this year, so he's quick there as well. Um, and he's now doing the foray into the Super 3, which I would suspect Stevie J might even be Brock's old car because it is a Falcon. I, so think, that, that, I think it is. There you go. So, you know, they're clearly producing and moulding and guiding young men and women yep. into uh, careers of motorsport. So you could you could do... You could do yourself uh, not not much better than actually having a chat to Paul Morris and Nathan Kayser about uh, trying to get your kids in there. On the topic of um, what what they're doing in the lower levels too, like in the because you know how now they've got the Super Three and Super Two grids together, like racing together. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the last two rounds, at least a lot, yeah, because it was the last two Townsville races, Nash Morris got pole in the Super Three, and he yep. also won the class as well. Oh yeah, don't worry about Flash. Flash is uh, Flash has got some talent, and he's a ripper kid too. Really, really polite. Really, really nice. Which you know, I mean, Morris Paul Morris is pretty brash, and used to love feeding people into the fence, and was pretty controversial in his time. Did you ever get <laughs> crashed by him, Stevie J? Oh yeah, we have. I think we've we've mutually. Oh, he's got me, and I've gotten him back, and ever since then, I think we've been good. So. That, that was the mark of his race. <laughs> that was the mark of his racing. Yeah, like he was payback central. Um, and I remember, but with, but it's, with, I've always found him fair. If you do something not good to him, yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll get you back. Or yeah, yeah. if he if he did something and he did, he he would have mistakenly accidentally done something to me. So then I'm like, okay, fair enough. And then next time I got him back, and he's he's that sort of guy. He's he's a he's a tit for tat sort of guy. Yeah, yeah. But he's a no ball sort of guy as well. So ever since then, we were like, all right. You got me, I got you, we're good. Yep, we're sweet. And we've been sweet ever since. Nimsy, a couple of years ago when Morris went from being a full-time supercar driver to Super 2, because he did Super 2 for a number of years while he was still co-driving and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. we were in Perth. We are at Barbagello. We were racing over there at the Supercars round. And I, I think it was Nick Perkett or a few of the other kids that were still there just kept doing stupid things. So Paul just kept hitting them back and knocking them into fences and this, that, and the other thing. And he went to be interviewed, and Paul comes from a pretty wealthy family. There's no doubt about that. There's he's got a lot of wedge behind him, and uh, they said, "Paul, what's what? How is all this going on? Can this continue? All that all that kind of stuff?" And he said, "I can continue. They'll run out of money before I do." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it just put a mark on the whole thing to say, "You can keep hitting me, but I'll keep. I've got my own thing. I can keep fixing it, and I've got all the money in the world." And it was interesting because it changed the whole complexion of that championship for the for the second half of the championship. It was very, very good. But 
they're clearly doing very, very, very good things. And actually, Tommy from Toowoomba's just texted in Nimsy and Steve. He said, next year's rookie battle between Feeney and Randy Randall will be interesting. Two top young drivers. Uh, you're 100% right, Tommy. And then when I think you add in Kostecki and Brown and you deeper squally. Especially and with a year of experience blokes. under their belt. Oh, too. Absolutely. I think... I think next year is going to be sensational. I don't think we'll be going into to Gen 3. I think it's going to be the car of the future or the current cars for all of next year. So um, I hope it stays that way. And, and that'll be really great to watch all the boys have at it in the same cars. Should be good to see. That was our Race Rewind. Protect your ride with complete system replacement with gates, belts and hoses. Visit gatesaustralia.com.au. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. You've been begging for it since the show started. You want us to talk about... Formula One. And you know what? We're going <laughs> to do that. If you've got 10 seconds, we can talk about it. <laughs> We're going to do that. And, um, geez Louise, Peter in Winter Bay is just giving you a hell of a serve there, Pete. Um, uh, Stevie. Um, <laughs> I'll let you read the text. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just getting it, roasted. You want me to do it or you want to do it? I, I just, you mate, you love roasting me, so you may as well read it. <laughs> Uh, this is from, good on you, Peter, in Mutabay in South Australia. Any ex-Steve Johnson car would be a bonus. Imagine how much lighter it would be after you take out the cup holders, the car fridge, and the stereo. <laughs> 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 and the Macca's wrappers and donuts and pie wrappers. <laughs> which, which car are we talking about? Are we talking about the Fuddruckers oh. car? Oh, no, we're, no, we're talking about his, uh, yeah. his Ford Ranger. The Ford uh, Ranger. All the way from... From Lanham's. Lanham, Lanham Ford. Group. Lanham Ford. All the way from Lanham Ford. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break. Back with uh, more of the driver's seat. We'll talk a bit of Formula One. We'll do that next right here. All thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. You're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. In fact, they've been doing it for over 40 years. They've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping Building Australia together. Uh, we'll get to some text in a moment because it is very relevant. But uh, we want to talk about the Belgian Grand Prix. Bit of a farce, wasn't it, gents? Is that the Clayton's race, the race you're yeah. having when you're not having a race. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? But I, I kind of, for any of those who tuned in or didn't tune in, don't know what we're talking about, the uh, the Formula One season kicked off again from their summer break at Spa-Francorchamps in Belgium one of the world's greatest tracks, also one of the world's most dangerous tracks. We lost uh, Formula 2 driver Anton Hubert there a couple of years ago. Um, and then, of course, this year, Stevie Jane, we'll talk about it in a sec, Lando Norris's massive accident. But it's in the Ardennes Mountains, and it rains up there, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. And unfortunately, Stevie J, we simply couldn't get a race, even after a three-hour delay, um, the visibility was so poor that we simply couldn't get a race. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it just didn't, it was relentless, wasn't it? it the rain was, but apparently they've, they've had a, a really, really big wet season. Yeah. There's yeah. been a lot of rain. Well, we've seen there. that in, in Germany and those yeah. sorts of areas. They've been, had heavy yeah. summer rains. Uh, and it was just, it was just ironic because, you know, they were able to, have a Formula 3 race. They were able to race the, the Carrera Cup race. Cup Yep. Um, you know, I think, I'm not sure if there was an F2 race there or not. I'm not 100% sure, don't think so. but I don't think there was. No. Um, but yeah. It was a W race. There's a Formula W race, which yep. is the, the ladies only race, which again, you know, we talk about Eau Rouge, which is a, which is a corner on the circuit of Spa. You, you come off the main straight, turn right, you, 
you bomb down to Eau Rouge and then you bounce up through Eau Rouge mm. at just mind-bending speeds. And it's where we lost Anton um, last or two years ago, I think it was. The If you haven't seen it, jump onto YouTube and have a look at the W Series accident at Spa because it was dead set frightening. I mean, how we, we were very lucky again this weekend that we didn't see someone killed because uh, that was just enormous. And I still don't know whether there was something down on the track on the way up through Eau Rouge. There, there sort of been. You cannot have went. that many cars off into yeah. the same wall and into each other that yeah. much. Yeah. Because where they hit it, where would they hit each other, it's off the track. They yes, were they off the track. Off. They yes. all slid off the track and yep. hit each other. So, um, and, that, and I'm not talking like it was maybe P1, 2, right back to P8 or 9. Mm, like mm-hmm. there was that many cars in it. I'd be very surprised if there was something that wasn't on the track that was making them slide off the track. And I'm not yeah. talking just a little bit. I'm talking yeah. 10, 12 yeah. metres, 15 <laughs> metres off the track. So Typically, you don't just drive to an accident. You, you don't follow the lever well, off the road too much unless you're right up the absolutely. back of them. But, but, yeah, so that was very frightening, Nimsy. And then, of course, Lando Norris's accident. And this is, this is probably one of the most contentious things about the weekend is that the drivers themselves, and, and we can all stand on the outside, Stevie J, and you would have been part of this, mm-hmm. at some point – it gets too dangerous to race. It really does, no matter what you're driving. Or it gets too dangerous to ride or something like that. Sometimes when we drive on the freeway, it's too dangerous to drive on the freeway, let alone at the speeds of particularly Eau Rouge where you're doing upwards of 190, 200, 220 mile an hour. Mm. So um, I remember uh, yeah, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, too much there. No, it's not, mate. And, and uh, I, I know that Vettel and a few of the other drivers came on the radio during qualifying and, uh, uh, qualifying or practice three? No, it was qualifying and said, we, we, we've we got a red flag this, which means stopping the session. We've got a red flag. This is too dangerous. And, you know, young, young old Land, young Lando went out <laughs> in his McLaren and absolutely made the thing into a canoe, Stevie mm. J. He tore every wheel off the thing at Eau Rouge. It was an enormous shunt in a Formula One car. Yeah, it was... It was in those conditions that, you know, Lando, he was fast right through qualifying. All so weekend. All weekend he was mm. fast. And, um, you know, whoever was going to foresee what was going to happen on Sunday, you really couldn't. Yeah. You know, and if Lando did think that was going to happen on Sunday, he's an absolute magician going out there to try and mm. qualify on pole, thinking that that was going to be the race win. Mm. So it was just unfortunate. You know, he had a... He he almost well he caught the slide, but he'd actually overcorrected and gone yep. farther further off the track to the left. So, um, you know that many people have done it, and he was okay. You know, like obviously he went whacked for a checkup, yeah, whacked the elbow. Yep. But um, and a lot of that's from when the when the front wheels actually hit the fence and it tears the steering wheel out of your hands. You yep. know, that's why you see a lot of these uh, Formula One and IndyCar drivers. Just before they're about to hit the fence, if they know they're gone, yep. they take their hands off the steering wheel, which is yep. really a no-no in in sedan land. Yep. But in open wheel land, it's what you got to do to save your wrists and elbows and that sort of thing. You're talking about magician Williams were the magicians of the weekend, weren't they? Oh, Georgie had Russell. Had, Georgie Russell on an intermediate had that stick tire. out. Had that little black oh, stick oh. out. That little black with the little white ends. You know, oh, that little yeah. magic stick. Oh yeah, he pulled a rabbit. <laughs> I had one of them of, as a kid. There you go. I got uh, it in a show bag at the Echo, but they don't have the Echo anymore. With 150 birdie beetles. You're not as well. allowed there. there There's too many people together. So Nimsy was unbelievable. Everyone was going out on wet. Yep. So he went out on intermediate tires mm-hmm. and absolutely caned them. McKeldon household favourite George Russell. Oh. oh, the girls were just jumping on the couch. So <laughs> he did a sensational job. And then, of course, 
the race itself, if you don't know, um, delay after delay after delay, three hours of delays in total. Before they went out, they did two laps behind a safety car, and uh, which was controversial in itself, and then they called it a result. So in the end, Max Verstappen was actually declared the winner from George Russell in P2 and uh, Lewis Hamilton in P3. So it was a non-event. So it was, it was a non-event from a racing perspective, but from an event perspective, very, very, very exciting. Lots of damage, lots of questions being asked. And in fact, one of the answers boys that I've been, I was sort of waiting and waiting and hoping that we would get last weekend at Spa was who's going to have the second seat at Mercedes. And we mm-hmm. still don't know whether it was George Russell or Valtteri Bottas. And of course, Valtteri, got a grid penalty for, for clean bowling everyone in the last race of mm-hmm. Formula One. Uh, and so he went back down the grid. And, of course, the the guy picked to uh, to get his seat, Nimsy, finished second for the first time ever and grabbed grab some major points for his team. So what do you reckon, Stevie J? If, if you can just reach behind you there into the cupboard, grab your crystal balls, give them a dust off, do you reckon it's going to be Georgie or do you reckon Bottas will stick with the seat moving forward? Gorgeous George, 100%. Yeah, I think you're right too. I They've reckon got gorgeous. To, you know, he's done his he's done his apprenticeship now. He's the future. Know, he's the future for them. Valtteri, you know, as much as he's been the perfect teammate for mm. Lewis Hamilton, mm-hmm. I think that they've really now got to start thinking almost triple eight like, you know, Jamie's totally. they've got succession a pretty young plan. guy in their yep. succession plan yep. for Lewis Hamilton. Yep. And that's George Russell. So they've got to get him in there, no matter whether Lewis likes him or not. And Lewis is strong enough mentally to be able to still do his job and and obviously um, feel as though that he can keep Mercedes in his little back pocket like he's sort of got them at the moment. Because let's face it, the team's revolved around him. That's right. And um, I don't think Valtteri can win unless no. Lewis is out. I think it's very hard for Valtteri to win. I think there'll be a clean swap to Williams, I think. Uh, Georgie will step up, and I think Valtteri will go back to Williams. Williams are on the up. He can win races against Latifi, so I think that's a that's a good thing for mm-hmm. him. Um, boys, two text messages have just come through. One from Michael saying, uh, is there a rule in supercars with visibility or because cars actually have wipers where Formula One cars don't, uh, they, continue they can continue the race regardless? Stevie J in supercar, has it ever been? There's no real... It just gets dangerous. The, At some point, it just gets G- too dangerous. But they red it flagged the GC uh, 600 a couple of years back. They then. have. They yeah. red flagged Sydney. It but just, that was not – it wasn't for the visibility, funnily enough. I don't think it's ever been. It's actually for the standing water and the aquaplaning. Right. Right. Um, right. Which is what they were complaining about as well at the same time. Um, they were complaining about aquaplaning and not being able to drive flat out down the straight. But um, – uh, well, I remember times at Bathurst where I've driven flat out down Conrad Strait and I'm looking out the side window at the white line, making sure that I'm going parallel with the track. Oh, no, so, thank you. Yeah, it is It is what it is. And, um, you know, I understand it's it's different now. The racing's different. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the safety aspect is regarded much higher now than I think what it was 10 to 15 so. years ago. I, I think just, so. While we're still talking about Sydney and rain, we need to play this. He's in defence. The bones are defence. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. We haven't heard from Mark for a little while. <laughs> no, good, we... to, good to hear you well, Mark. Oh, um... in the fence, that's massive! <laughs> <laughs> right on, Mark. Shush. Um, 
Tommy. Tommy from Toowoomba. Good on you, Tommy. Uh, mustn't be very busy in your household tonight, Tommy. You're flat out on the test. We're operating well, my friend. Uh, big plus to see Seb stop to check Lando Norris was okay too. You're 100%, 100% right there, Tom. How good was that? When Lando had the big accident, um, uh, Vettel, who was complaining and saying, stop the session, stop the session, actually came across the uh, the stricken Lando and stopped and just put the uh, thumb up. And once he got that, he moved off. So good to see that. Uh, and also we've had um, see Tommy uh, all the way from Tommy from Hobart. G'day, Tommy. It's the night of the Tommies tonight. Uh, prediction time. Righto, Tommy. Now you've texted in. So we're going to have to write this down, and you will time. be held to account, my friend. So here we go, Stevie J and Nimsy. George Russell, gorgeous George to Mercedes-Benz. Bottas to Williams, like we just said. Understand what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting one. Nick DeVries to Williams. Kimi will retire. And Alex Albon, the former Red Bull driver, who is now doing DTM for Alpha Tauri, will go to Alpha. Whoa, big predictions there, Tommy. Mm. So that that's uh, you now that you've texted that, that's written down, and um, we will have that, and we will hold you to account, my friend. Yeah, if, or if you're we all... shall celebrate your Nostradamus type work. If if we're celebrating, we'll send you an icy cold can of Coke at the sixteen twenty nine SEN Hobart office that you can pick up. There you go. Otherwise, Perfect. it's brick or a Red Bull on the on the on yeah. or a Red uh, Bull, yeah. Thanks, thanks to uh, Young Brock. To Brock Feeney. To Brock Feeney. Uh, an empty, used, uh, signed Red Bull can. And $5 and cash. I'll, and, I'll se- and I'll send you an, an empty, used, signed cheeseburger wrapper. <laughs> oh, boys, before we... Well, you've got, you got about 40 of them on your, on your car floor. So that's... Now, boys, before we take a quick break, uh, I have noticed a name that you boys haven't mentioned yet uh, from Belgium, and that was Daniel Ricciardo. Yes, good old Aussie Dan, mm. P4. Um, yeah, yeah, did really well. I mean, he was good, solid in qualifying. Look, he just still wasn't great in practice. Yep. Let's be honest. Um, what I look at is Nimsy. We always say it when you when you've got when you when you add water to a race. We've always said if you want to add action, just add water. Uh, but also, water nullifies many advantages because speeds are lower. Um, it all becomes about mechanical grip. So if you don't have a car that's got full aero grip or great like that, then or if you've got a car that's just got mega power and yours doesn't, that car with mega power comes back to you somewhat because you can't use that power in wet conditions. So, look, it, it was tricky to drive there. He drove very well uh, in qualifying, but he wasn't so great in practice. But just having that those conditions did allow him to get up the front a little more. I hope it gives him some confidence, Stevie J., I don't know. He knows how he got this result and how he qualified, but you know he's he's he'll be there again next year, I think. So he's just got to keep getting better. Just to back up what you said too, Maddie, um, we saw what happened when just you know a bit of rain at Bathurst last year, because um, Cam Waters and Will Davison were really really had the race in control. All of a sudden, a change in the conditions and SVG was able to pounce. Oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, a car is tricky to drive in the wet, no matter whether you're on the road or whatever it takes, it takes caution and it, it takes aptitude and you've got to be aware of your surroundings. When you do it in a race car, Stevie J and you're more, you're more probably uh, qualified to speak about it than this driving a race car in the wet is one of the most incredibly difficult things to do. And that might be stating the captain obvious, but there are so many other things to contend with as compared to just driving on the normal roads. Yeah. And, but it depends on where you're at too. You know, there's so many other things that you got to take into consideration. You know, the the track, uh, the track condition, the, the the differences in 
in the bitumen. You, know, you go to Sandown, there's about 10 or 12 different bitumen surfaces, and they've all got different grip levels. Painted lines. Painted lines. Heat. Painted curbs. Heat. Water coming you into know, the cabin. Absolutely. Fogging up windscreens. You know, we, we saw Speed. we saw the, you know, paddles, aquaplaning, all that sort of stuff. We saw, you know, you get the tyres just that little bit wrong in pressure and you can go from here out the front to zero at the back mm. after, you know, having the tyres two or three PSI out of their window. So there's so many different things that, that you know, you're dealing with. Um, and I think you actually get more worn out especially mentally, doing a wet race than you do oh, absolutely. a standard dry race oh, because totally there's agree. so many things that you are, you know, you're, you're trying to find, you're driving different lines on the track. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're literally pushing that throttle down like there's an eggshell underneath it and you don't want to crack it. You know, that's how gentle you've got to push them down because as soon as you start wheel spinning, you're not driving forward and you're, and you're losing sideways. <laughs> and you're going sideways. Particularly so, at Sandown too. Absolutely. I, I, look, I, I – and – there's no better feeling, boys, than when you get a car set up right in the wet because every, you see everyone else going backwards or struggling and you just seem to magically be able to find grip. And I reckon that's what George Russell was feeling the other day. Um, we've just had a quick couple of texts. Ben from Dolby, good on you, Ben. I'd love to see George Russell make the top step to Mercedes next year. But how much influence does Lewis have over the team? Because apparently he'd prefer Valtteri to be his teammate. You're dead right. I reckon he does too, Tom, <laughs> uh, Ben. But I've got to say... Uh, he's got some influence, but not the final influence. And he's got to realise at some point they're going to have to look to the future post-Hamilton, and he needs to realise that, and I reckon that's what they've done. Mm, let's get the final word from SVG. Oh, mate, I was on the hot lap. <laughs> Evening, Shane. Good to hear from you. I still love that. <laughs> <laughs> get, your t- get your text coming in, 0433 98 11 16. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Don't go anywhere. We've got the podium coming up next. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Uh, we'll get to a quick text before we get to the podium. This one's from <laughs> Ross in Envy. Uh, let us know where Envy is. Inver- yeah, is that Inverell? Inverlock? You know, there's a fair few Envy, so let us know. I don't know. know. Good on you, Ross. Invercargill. In maybe, Zealand. maybe he's listening mm, in maybe, Scotland. Maybe streaming. Um, no, that's in New Zealand, in Vicargill, isn't it? Yeah, in Vicargill. That that's also in Scotland. Oh, is it? I think. Yeah. I think. Well, we never know. He could be listening on the driver's seat app. Let he us know, be. Ross. Uh, on the Belgium GP, I sat up in bed till 3.30 a.m. with no race to show for it. It's not the first time I've been disappointed that time of the morning <laughs> in bed. <laughs> hey, yeah, good let on you, Ross, for your us, first time in let on us, the text. Let us know where you're from, Ross. We can probably give you the credit. Um, right now, it is time for the podium. Now on the driver's seat, the podium. It's where I give three talking points for Matt and Steve to have a deep dive on. So let's get straight into it. Uh, first up, supercars team set to relinquish category ownership. Uh, now, their collective shareholding in the category as a sale process comes to a head because Archer Capital obviously wants to offload its majority stake, which means the new owner, uh, whoever it could be, could be the consortium, could be, I don't know, Mark Scapes? No, you never know. Um, they'll get complete control. <laughs> what do you reckon about this one, boys? True or false? Oh, very true. Yeah, no, very true. All the intel I'm getting is that uh, the ARGTLA consortium is the leading bunch, Stevie J. I mean, you might be a little bit closer to it because of your relationship to DJR, I don't know, and if you're willing to talk about it, but um, that's what I'm hearing. And I, and I think that as long as there is um, 
uh, a guarantee in writing that the teams will have more share of the revenue this time that I think they'll probably give up their um, their percentages of ownership. Yeah, but it just depends. They they still, whatever the deal is, they still, you know, need to get that revenue to be able to come and race. So, you know, I'm not a businessman, but, but it'll be dependent on the deal. You get one revenue chunk, but if you and then and then hopefully there's further revenue coming in as a guarantee after that. Correct. If you don't, you hold on to it, and then you only get a little slice of the revenue coming through. So as a as a future business sustainability. Um, option, I would have thought take the chunk now, and then get further commercial yeah, if money in the if, future. And I'm sure that's hmm. if that's what they are planning on doing. And you know, the teams will do what's best for the teams, and obviously, whoever buys it will do what's best for the sport because they're not going to live without each other. At the end of the day, let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. But I, I think we'll, I think we'll know. What are we? First of September today, Nimsy. Mm-hmm. I reckon we'll know. Poor end of this month, maybe middle of October, who the new owners of Supercar are. Yeah, before we get to P2 on the podium, Inverloch is where Ross is from. Just, oh, uh, good on you, Just Ross? L- less than an hour down the road from uh, Old Kilgore. Good place, Inverloch. Um, what, do, what do you reckon Inverloch would be like during lockdown, boys? Lockdown in the lock. <laughs> would there be much to do? Don't know. Anyway, was let, let us do know. Anywhere when let you us know. And, and Inverlochians, what are you doing in lockdown? Tell you not. I mean, I know it's after nine thirty, but you can still keep it G-rated. Probably uh, listening to the driver's seat is what Ross is doing. Definitely, clearly. Um, P two on the podium was Jaguar the mark that Walkinshaw and Andretti United were close to signing. Now, Auto Action had a story. It was their front page actually that um, mm. Jag was going to put in the F-type coupe uh, before the pandemic sort of put a halt to those plans. Did you reckon that was true or false? Oh, it was possibly true. I mean, you know, they've, they've got a big future. They've got a future. They've got a big history within motorsport. You know, they're currently involved in the uh, in the E-Series um, overseas. So, yeah, I, it would have been cool because the render that was on the front of Auto Fiction was pretty good. Mm. It looked pretty hot. And I think, um, you know, essentially with Red Bull now being the factory holding squad, I think certainly Walkinshaw would be looking at options. Um, obviously the Walkinshaw family is British. It's a British mark. Would have been cool to come in. And as I say, the render, if you haven't seen it, jump on, jump online somewhere and just type in, um, Jaguar supercar. It's a hot looking bit of kid, isn't it, Stevie? Yeah, it is. It looks very, very cool. And you know, all of these renders, like when, when you see a render, like we caught, saw the Kia Stinger render and, you know, our good mate Scotty Orson does a lot of these renders. I've got them all in my phone. (laughs) It's just awesome. You know, I love seeing them and I would love to see, them come to fruition and and just have, I know I know we're a predominant Ford and Holden, you know, country. Obviously, you know, everyone's going to say, well, it's not Holden anymore or whatever. Oh, but oh don't ignite just, that debate. It, it just, but it just is. That's what we are. Machine will melt down. You know, we're we're blue or red. Let's call it blue or red mm. at the end of the day. And um, I would love to see some, you know, some green and some, which was that, which is Jag matter. What, what, what yeah, colour would yeah. Kia be? Red. Yeah, but we've oh, already Holden's got red. Already red. Yeah, so, but that Holden doesn't exist. Purple. Tink. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Imagine if soft top Peugeots came back into the mix. Oh, mate, I'd be on. You would be on. I'd be on. I'd be in there. Look at shot. One last one on the old uh, podium. P3. Paddles for the Camaro and stick for the Mustang. The Supercars Gen 3 prototypes will run two different shifting systems 
in testing. Uh, AVL from motorsport.com reported that the different systems will be split across the two prototypes during the initial testing. The Ford will use the stick shift and the Chevy will use the paddles. Despite the fact that the vast majority of current drivers and fans um, feature that it would dilute the art of driving the cars. Hmm. Yeah. I don't uh, think I don't you're know. not going to see. You're not going to see both. You're not going to see one have a stick yeah. and one have paddles. No, no, it's no. just no, they're no, all, no. they'll all be the same. No, no. they'll all be whichever the same. way they go. Yeah. Whatever Rich Uncle Roland wants, exactly. it'll happen. Exactly. So, and in fact, if you, again, talking to Gen Three, if you go online today, Supercars have just released um, further footage of the engine testing mule. Uh, TA2 Mercedes Chev engine, um, and you can tell that it's got the got the paddle shift. It's very, it's extremely crisp and lovely, and it sounds really good actually. So that's a, another step towards that. But yeah, I think it'll be paddle shift. And in fact, we've just had a text message. I was just about to say, uh, did you see that? I mean, how good is that? Talk about uh, talk about uh, Live fortuitous. Good on you, uh, Brad from Perth. First time through. Good on you, Brad. Hey, legends. First time live listener, love the show. Just watching a bit of E-Series, and it's giving me a really good idea of what a treat we are in for with the in-car footage from Gen 3. Hands on the wheel with no shift direction and very little movement in the footwell. Very average. <laughs> that is live feedback, ladies and gentlemen, from our mate Brad in Perth. Yeah, mate, we're, we, we're, we're with you, mate. We don't want it either. We, we don't want it either. We want, we want foot cam. We want hands coming off the wheel. We want to... You know, see Supercars. Caruso style shifts, all that kind of Supercars. stuff. Supercars, do as Brad says. We like Brad. Correct. Be Brad. Be Brad. Supercars, be Brad. <laughs> Tommy Hobart's already got a good one too. You want to read that one out, Matty? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who was, uh, when has Auto Action ever got a manufacturer scoop wrong? To- Toyota Orion from back in the day. That's right. Nissan GTR, Kia Stinger, BMW M4, Jaguar. Hope it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tommy, well played, son. That's, that is text of the night right there. Well done. Good stuff there well from Tommy done. Hobart. But, uh, that <laughs> is great. Get your text coming through. <laughs> 0433 They're doing our work for us. Isn't that right? Oh, mate, <laughs> yeah. I love it when the audience gets in on that. That is top shelf. Well done, mate. Good on you guys. Uh, Kevin Coven, 0433 That was the podium. We'll wrap up the show in just a moment. You're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Almost time to wrap up here at the driver's seat, so we'll quickly get to some of your texts. Uh, here's one that has been sent multiple times. Three out of top four qualifiers had Mercedes engines. No advantage. A little bit of sarcasm there. A bit sarky on the old text. <laughs> that's something, that's something like, like Matty would say. Isn't yeah. it? That sounded like my ex-wife. Three out of four. Three out of four nights you're not home. Sorry, I move on. Go. <laughs> how, how, can it, how can it be an advantage when it was really wet to start with? Yep. And let's just think about it. Um, was one on pole? No. <laughs> no, it was Honda on pole. was a on Honda pole. on pole. Let's give it. And what's won seven out of 12 races so far this year? A Honda. Honda. Right. Yeah. So you hear, hear what you're saying there, but not quite on the mark. <laughs> you were ready to launch this, Steve. Oh, yeah. I was just. He was firing up, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, watching the drags on TV uh, here. He's just, he was just rolling up to the line, was, ready to release it. Just ready to launch the, you know, have a 
about 7,000 horsepower. <laughs> uh, one last 190 one. kilos. Another one here too from Ben and Dalby. Uh, you mentioned about the Mercedes TO2 test mill. When might we see some of them, the Mercedes, actually racing here? And a TO2 looking at some other body styles as well. Do you know? Uh, I do know, and the answer is no. Um, we are not looking at uh, having Mercedes bodies into TA2 here in Australia, unfortunately. You could the, do it, though, couldn't you? Oh, you could do it, yeah, absolutely. It's just that right now we're keeping it to the three cars, uh, as far as I'm aware. Um, the one Mercedes body car that is here is from Asia. That's owned by Prince Jeffrey, who is also part of the Triple Eight regime, and that's why they've been able to put it in there. Um, uh, they do run them in Asia quite a bit, actually. Uh, they run them with paddle shifts. They they do all that kind of stuff. Um, I reckon they look hot. And in fact, if if I had one, if I if there was one available, I'd probably run a C63 body shape because there's lots of partners out there that I could get on board the car if it were a Euro car. But um, yeah, unfortunately, Ben, I don't think we're going to see it, mate. We're we're Mustang, Camaro, and Dodge Challenger, the flying brick. So flying don't think we'll brick. see it. That was. With a B, too, by the way. As a side note, that reminds me of when uh, Michael Caruso often refers to the Nissan Altima as uh, driving in the fridge. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Correct. When was the last time you saw an Altima on the road, boys? Not in the wild. At least not in a fleet car. I reckon I saw one when I was diving the other day up here on the coast. It was holding down a boat. I actually... Boat anchor. I thought I saw one, but it turned out to be a uh, Maxima. Tram? (laughs) (laughs) It turned out to be someone shifting house. But that wraps up the driver's seat. Made a mistake. It was a high ace. For another evening. Big thank you to Brock Feeney for joining us. We'll see you next week. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.